Welcome to Revive Family, Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of the Influential Parenting Program that helps parents target the heart by going after the root of the issue rather than whacking away on the surface. I'm also the author of Going, Going, Gone, a great book that looks into why kids are leaving the faith. And that's why we've been doing the series, The Jesus Our Kids Will Follow. Too many kids are leaving the faith today, 70, 80, 90%. It depends upon who you talk to. But I am absolutely convinced that our kids not only can stay in the faith, even though the statistics are saying the opposite, but will thrive in the faith and connect to Jesus at a deeper level than our generations did because in so many ways their mindset aligns better with the actual life and ministry of Jesus than it does with the way the modern generations have viewed and spoken about the faith. The kids of today could be and should be enthralled with the Jesus of the Bible because he is so much in line with so many of the things that they inherently value. And I know this because I talk to kids all the time who are leading dual lives and heading out of the church or have already left. And when I begin to interact with them about God, they are drawn in. They begin to say, wow, why haven't I been taught this way before? Why haven't I heard this before? This is actually a God that I can follow. They say so many different things that indicate that the way they've been approached with the faith, the way they've been taught about the faith, it's come across too much like it's restrictive, like it doesn't love everyone, like it excludes people, like they need to be perfect. And that's why we've been doing this series, The Jesus Our Kids Will Follow, and this is session four. And this is so vitally important because I've seen in my home when our kids have been deeply hurt in different situations in different youth groups, they haven't departed the faith. They're hearing about and seeing the real Jesus at work in the way we approach things in our home, the way we'll take risks to serve God and to help people outside of our family. So the way we talk about and model Jesus in our homes is absolutely essential if we want to keep our kids in the faith, if we don't want them to be part of the 70, 80, 90% that are walking away from the faith. What scares me is when I do the research and I'm at Christian schools and 75% of the kids raise their hands and say, this is my parents' faith, not my faith, and then I talk with the parents, often it's 20 or 30% of the parents that believe that their kids may be at risk for leaving the faith. So as we dive into session four of the Jesus Your Kids Will Follow, we're going to be looking at how Jesus involved the disciples and had confidence in them and drew on their internal desire for fulfillment. If we'll see this Jesus, if we'll talk about this Jesus and how he did this, and if we'll work this way in our homes with our kids, 
they're going to attach to this to Jesus just like the disciples attached to him. We've covered in the previous sessions of the Jesus our kids will follow a number of the characteristics that make this generation more accepting, more loving, more caring, not wanting to draw the lines in the sand that we as parents tend to want to draw in the sand to protect and keep our kids safe. But it's that very drawing the lines in the sand that we have tended to do that cause us to not look accepting and caring and loving like the real Jesus was with people that were in all sorts of different situations and had been cast out of community given the way they were leading their lives. In this session, we're going to be looking more at what Jesus did and how he viewed the disciples that attracted them to him and why these things will attract our kids to the Jesus of the Bible, as well as to us as parents. It's very clear that Jesus met the disciples where they were and had confidence in them and sought to draw out their internal desire for fulfillment. And the reason that this will be so attractive to our kids today is that kids today are frustrated by not being believed in, valued. They don't feel heard or understood, and they respond really well to adults who believe in them, encourage them, and want to help them fill their desire for significance. And in many ways, a number of the disciples were no different. They were people that didn't hold significant position in society or culture. They weren't viewed positively by the Roman government. In fact, without citizenship in Rome, the way you could be treated and handled by the law was gravely different. The spiritual leaders of the day wouldn't have valued many of the people that Jesus chose as disciples. Yet Jesus placed real value on his followers, and he made them feel valuable right away. Today, when I talk to kids in the research and that I'm coaching, they don't feel important or valuable in the church. They don't feel important or often valuable in their homes. They know they're loved. They know that their parents care about them, but do they feel valued by their parents? Do they feel important in the family structure, like they're heard and understood, like their voice matters, and that they're empowered to make a difference? It's clear that Jesus didn't look down on children. It's clear that he didn't, and it's clear that he didn't view young people negatively because young people were basically adults at 13 or 14, given the bar mitzvah and, and his mom being 13 or 14 when she had him. In fact, at one point, he chastises people for not letting the children come to him. And he talks about it's better to have a millstone tied around your neck and to be thrown overboard than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. He placed a high value on kids. He wanted to talk to them. He wanted to interact with them. He wanted to answer their questions. And when it came to his disciples, Jesus valued and had confidence in them, which is in part why they went to their death for him. This is so important for us to explain to our kids and also to see ourselves as parents, that if we'll really value them, have confidence in them, they'll attach to us much more deeply, and they'll definitely attach to this adult who valued kids and youth in such an amazing way. Unfortunately, today it's pretty clear that youth, young people, and kids are looked upon negatively. 
adolescents are viewed as potential problems. Schools are even beginning to view them as problems in adopting zero-tolerance policies and all sorts of other ways to try and manage, micromanage our kids. And trust me, this isn't missed by them. And I talk to elementary school kids who see the way they're being treated and know they're being viewed negatively and find so many of the rules silly or even childish. Adolescents and teens know that they're viewed in a negative light and know that they're not truly believed in or given real responsibility, whether it's in the schools or in the church. And I believe it's this negativity that flowed into the way the millennial generation reacted and the way society has reacted and has come to view the millennial generation, which is typically pretty negative. Not a great strategy if we want them to stay in the church. If you want someone to stay connected to something and contribute, then they must feel valuable, like they are liked and can contribute. A surefire way to get them to leave is to view them negatively. And so many of the kids I talk to feel they're viewed negatively by their parents or viewed negatively by the church. And as a result, what their parents believe in and want them to follow loses importance to them, becomes questioned by them, and if they're feeling the same way in that very thing called the faith, called the church, likelihood of them staying is minimal. This is the reason so many kids disconnect with their parents and depart the faith. They feel like they were a problem and viewed negatively rather than as an asset and valuable to the outcome. This is why we need to help them see the Jesus of the Bible. They need to see that Jesus didn't look down on kids or youth, and that, in fact, he put an extremely high value on them. As opposed to talking to them about the do's and the don'ts, the rights and the wrongs of the faith, and you know, staying pure and, and avoiding sin, we need to talk about this amazing Jesus that values them, that will empower them, that will leverage them, that will use them if they turn their lives over to him. It's when someone's on a positive mission that they avoid the mess and the problems. It's not by us lecturing them on the do's and the don'ts and commanding them to be pure and trying to protect them and force them down the road of living a Christian life without the heart and the mission of the Christian life. This is where Jesus was so powerful. The way he approached the disciples, the way he valued them, the way he put them on a mission— you don't see him when he called them saying, okay, here's all the do's and don'ts, and here's how pure you need to live your life to follow me. Rather, Jesus invited the disciples to follow him, something a lot of these guys were likely not to get much of. Invitations to be around the government leaders? Unlikely. Invitations to be around the spiritual leaders? Unlikely. And yet here's Jesus, a man that John the Baptist foretold who baptized this man, Jesus, and the dove came down out of the sky. And here he is inviting these men who would not receive a lot of invitations to follow him, to be at the table with him, to be part of the mission with him. And our kids need to see it in that light, and they need to see us doing something similar with them. It's clear that Jesus had confidence in these 
guys he invited, even though they had precious to little, no experience, even though they would do and say some stupid things along the way, he didn't lose confidence in them when those things happened. We see this in the fact that Jesus gave them real responsibility right out of the gate. In Mark 3, 13 and 14, he takes these disciples up on the mountain and he appoints them to be apostles so that they can go with him, so that they can preach, and they have the authority to cast out demons. Right out of the gate, Jesus does this amazing thing of appointing them and calling them apostles. Could you imagine the impact that must have had on his disciples? Would anyone else in that society have viewed them and valued them in this way? If we can help our kids see this and help them feel that valued in the church and in our homes and in their perspectives of the faith and of living out the faith, wow, I can guarantee you we wouldn't be losing 70 to 90% of our kids. Some of you may be asking yourself the questions, but do kids really respond to real responsibility? They won't even do the small tasks I'm asking them to do in our home. Come on, does this really work? And I know from experience that it does. And when we come back in a couple of minutes, I'll explain why this works and why it's so important for this generation of kids to be approached in this manner. And in just a couple of minutes, we'll be back to talk about why I know this works and why it's so important for this generation of youth on Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Does your child listen to you and do what you ask? Are you tired of the battles? There is hope and a fresh approach to this tiring dilemma. Researcher, counselor, and parenting coach Jeff Schott has done research with 3,500 kids that identifies why kids stop listening and hide in their rooms. The program is called Influential Parenting, and it brings a new perspective to these issues. It's bringing joy and peace back to the parent-child relationship. Get Influential Parenting today at revivefamily.com radio. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, and we're talking about the Jesus Our Kids Will Follow. This is session four of the series, and if you haven't tuned in to previous sessions and you want to go back and listen, you can go to our site, revivefamily.com, and sign up to receive our podcast at the very bottom of every page, and you'll find a way to access the past week's sessions, session one, two, and three of the Jesus Our Kids Will Follow. And right before the break, we were talking about this whole question of responsibility and will this responsibility work? Will kids take on responsibility today? And I was talking about the fact that I know they will because I've been asked by a couple of youth groups to come in and help them develop a postmodern ministry a ministry that will connect with the kids of today. And one of the first things we did was to bring them in, listen to them, ask them what they thought the youth group should do to reach people today. And then we appointed them into really important positions, including turning over the teaching to the youth themselves, building a teaching team, building a leadership team that evaluated after every youth group meeting how it went, where they felt the Spirit was leading them to go with the next week's youth group. And as a result, the youth group was often very different from week to week. But that was established by the youth. The kids were in charge of the direction of the youth group, 
of the weekly meeting and of the teaching that happened during the meeting. In fact, a couple of the kids got so good at teaching that they were invited to teach the main church body both services when the senior pastor was out of town. So if your kids aren't responding to the little tasks that you're giving them at home, you have to ask yourself, do the tasks that you're giving them give them a sense of accomplishment, a sense of fear because it's stretching them and moving them outside their comfort zone, a real sense of being responsible for themselves or others? It's these types of responsibilities that kids respond to. I'll never forget going to Eric and saying, hey, do you want to step up alongside your big brother and begin to mow your grandma's lawn? And at first, he was like, no, it was scary. This big lawn machine, when he's eight years old, he's going to be responsible for that. He's going to run that around the yard and cut the grass. He was literally scared of it, but I took him out. I got him behind it. I walked with him. I helped him make the turns. And he was like, wow, this is fun. And three years later, he's still cutting that lawn. In fact, he was down there after school yesterday doing it because it feels very responsible. And afterwards, he gets a tremendous sense of accomplishment when he says, Graham, come out and look at what it looks like. It's a real responsibility to him. And that's exactly what we needed to do when we did the youth group. We needed to walk alongside them. We needed to meet with them and ask them two weeks out, what topic are you going to teach on in two weeks? Why don't you bring back uh, some of the verses and, and your thoughts next week and let's talk about them and then help them massage them and put them into a package and then allow them to play with that package all week long before they actually got up to teach. Boy, did that youth group expand. It went from 15 kids to 78 kids in seven months. And this is exactly what Jesus would do with young people. And it's what he did with his disciples that caused them to become so involved and committed to the faith. So why did this work with the disciples and why will it work with the kids of today? It's because Jesus drew upon their internal desire for significance. The disciples, we all have this desire to be significant, to matter. And Jesus provided a vehicle for the disciples to really matter in a society where many of them may never have had that kind of platform. Our kids feel so much the same way. They want to matter. But in our society, it's really difficult for a kid to find something that really matters, unless it's on YouTube or social media. And we wonder why so many kids are watching all of that, consumed by it, because they're seeing other young people find a big enough following that they actually get paid to do it. They play video games enough and are good enough that they get paid to do it. And there's a sense of significance. We need to offer that in the church, in our youth groups, and in our homes so that they don't need to find the significance in these very shallow vehicles. I've seen this work with my kids in the youth groups I worked with and in other families that adopted influential parenting. When kids get the sense that they're being taken seriously, listened to, and believed in, they respond. Our kids want to feel significant to us, and they want to feel significant related to their lives and their faith. Remember, this generation's all about relationship, community, authenticity, accepting people, loving people, helping people. They have a desire to be significant and to make a difference. 
And that Harvard study we've talked about on other programs really illuminates this. Harvard spent 75 years studying what made people feel fulfilled. And their conclusion, after tracking families and downlines and through different generations of researchers and and et cetera over 75 years, was the only thing that led to fulfillment in life was relationship, significant relationship. It was, in effect, love, being loved. And so that's so important because this generation is all about that community, that relationship, that authenticity, so people don't feel judged or excluded or condemned. And Jesus never did that, did he? Make people feel excluded, judged, or condemned, even if they were leading really, really unscriptural Old Testament lives. If we really want to connect with and understand our kids and transfer our faith to them, we need to understand that this generation's definition of success is very different than ours. It's this relationship. It's this community. It's making a difference. It's not about financial success, which is another reason they should connect with the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus wasn't a wealthy man. He wasn't in a position of power. But boy, was he significant in the lives of people, bringing change and healing, feeding the 5,000, and then laying down his life so that people could be forgiven past, present, and future sins. It's this Jesus we need to be talking about with our kids. We're pushing them towards a career that will lead to success in terms of money. They may be feeling completely not understood, listened to, heard, and or like it will lead to fulfillment. We don't measure significance based upon monetary rewards or success as much as the previous generations have. Jesus offered his disciples a mission to be an apostle where they could teach and preach and go bring, cast out demons and even heal people. And that met them at their deepest need of feeling significant, of being relationally connected, of being important. And today, so many kids don't feel that way because we're trying to limit them. We're trying to prevent them from being harmed. We're not believing that they can go out and make a difference, that they can withstand temptation, that they can be significant. And it's when they're feeling these ways that we're not believing in them, that we don't have confidence in them, that they do get into the mess. And this is why looking at the Jesus that really walked in the Bible and who valued kids and totally would have believed in youth because they were considered adults at that point in time, that we need to do the same. We need to help them see this amazing Jesus that believed in and empowered and provided significance. And we need to have the guts to live that way and talk that way and empower our kids just like Jesus. If we want them to see the Jesus of the Bible, we need to show them the Jesus of the Bible in our homes and in the way we empower them, the way that we give them real responsibility, the way that we give them significance and importance. These are the things that will help ground them in the faith. I've seen it work in youth groups. I've seen it work in other families. I've seen it work with my kids. But man, do parents think I'm crazy for giving my kids the level of confidence and belief and empowerment that I've given them. But I've yet to have that fail. It didn't fail with the disciples. We need to have the faith 
to step out like Jesus and to give our kids this sense of being significant, heard, and important, giving them real responsibility for their own lives and for helping in the lives of others. If we do this, I can guarantee you we'll see the loss of youth statistics begin to reverse from 70 to 90% leaving the faith to 70 to 90% staying in the faith. Thanks for joining me for this series, The Jesus Our Kids Will Follow. They will follow the Jesus of the Bible. He is so attractive to them for so many reasons. And if you haven't listened to the entire series, go back and listen to session one, two, and three. I guarantee you it will challenge you. I guarantee you it will change some of your perspectives. And I know it will help you begin to talk about the Jesus of the Bible that our kids will follow. Thanks for joining me for this series. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family. If you'd like to check us out, go to revivefamily.com and please consider taking our online class, Influential Parenting, that's all based upon the leadership principles of the Good Shepherd. I hope this series has been valuable to you, that you'll put it to work with your kids as you begin to talk about the amazing Jesus that loved and accepted, had compassion and believed in complete and total failures. That's the Jesus that our kids need to see, need to learn to follow, and we need to model that Jesus in our homes. Have a great week. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.